Welcome back to Made in the 80s, podcast about the 80s by people who were made in the 80s. I'm Shalia, and we have... Tim. And Kendon. Hey, guys. Welcome back. How's your week been? It's been good. Yeah. yeah. Productive. It's been a week. It's been a week. Okay, so today's episode is Popeye, 1980 film starring Robin Williams, Shelley Duvall. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but first, what's the news? Uh, Not a whole lot of news going on. Uh, these days other than they're apparently they're going to show a trailer for black widow the black widow prequel film at uh comic-con is scarjo in it she's yeah she's in it oh okay cool it's a prequel so she can be yeah in it. yeah so we'll, we'll finally get a, a glimpse of what that film looks like and sort of the tone of it cool 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 that's funny that it's a prequel jeez when did when did iron man 2 come out 2010 uh, why something? This has been like 10 years since her character was introduced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we have never done her origin story, so it's Yeah, exciting. but they're not going with a with a younger actress. Oh. It's not yeah. that far of a people. It's just... Oh, is it like right before then? Yeah. Oh, okay. Never mind then. <laughs> okay. Any other news? Kenan, you got some news? I do not. You don't have any news? No. Okay. I have some news. So... Turns out that we have plum trees in our backyard. We Is have that these, what I'm sitting here looking at? Yeah. So we have these fruits that come on these trees every couple of years. I don't think they come every year. At least I don't remember them last year. But this year I was like, I'm actually going to try to figure out what these things are because they look like apricots or plums. That's the shape. So I went out and I cut it open and I had a really hard time getting to the pit. That should have been like my first clue that it's a plum. So we have green plums. That's what these are. Green Wait, plum trees. They, oh, they're green plum trees. They're not going to change color once nope. they're ripe. Green plums are a thing. They are. I'm I'm confused because when I Google it, there's like green gauge, green plum. There's like Persian green plum, and then there's also like I think I went to Wikipedia and they were talking about they're from Armenia. So I'm not exactly sure, but what it sounds like and it, it makes a lot of sense because i was like whoa there's a lot of like sugar syrupy in here because like some of them have been um gotten to and there's like all of this like not sap like out coming out of them but like it's very sugary i can tell and it's also tart so i think kenan you're gonna love it I, uh what i when i googled it it says they kind of taste like granny smith apples mm. um and so i think it's right up your alley so yeah these are plum trees that we have wild Originally found in Iran. There you go. So that's a mystery solved, which feels good. Because <laughs> we've been in this house for four years and it's been something I've been wondering about. Peach pears plums. Yep. Okay. That's the news that I had. Um, you, what have you guys been up to? What do you think about listening to, watching, doing? Nothing. I can go first. Okay. <laughs> So I've been traveling a lot and I was wearing my uh, glasses earlier to, um, I forgot to say why. The reason is because I got to see Men in Black International and so I was wearing my Men in Black, um, you know, glasses, sunglasses or whatever. I didn't love it, but I saw it and I was glad I got a chance to see it. And then um, I also got to watch, is it Bad Times at El Royale? I always watched that on the plane the other day. It was very entertaining. So I appreciated that. And then... I've also started a mo- or the TV show Big Little Lies, and it's intri- intriguing, so I think I'm going to keep watching that. Um, and then recently, I was, when we were visiting Kendon's family in Albany, Georgia, we played this game called Black Card. Tim, have you heard of this game before? Never. So 
we didn't really figure out how to play it, but basically it's like name or it's like vote for your, like whatever the question is. And then you all vote to figure out like who's the, the majority wins basically. So it's like, what's the best hot sauce? And then, and then they have like, I don't know. And apparently you can get your black card pulled. Yeah. <laughs> you can get your black card revoked. Um, and some of them are pretty controversial questions and like it's a multiple choice. You don't just, I mean, you can add like an E other or all of the above or whatever. But anyway, it was, it was a fun game to play. It was interesting. We also had multi-generations in there. So it was like mostly Kendon's dad's generation. And then there was us. And then, um, our cousin's kiddo was there too. She's a junior, maybe a sophomore. And so like there was one where it was just like, your parents or who who posts too much on Facebook and it was like your auntie, your mom, your cousins or something else. And like she raised her hand for her mom, which her mom was sitting right there. It was pretty funny. So anyway, I highly recommend it. It was pretty fun. Can you liked it, didn't you? A little yeah. bit? Yeah. I might pick up that game. It feels like it's something that was made by the people who made Cards Against Humanity except yeah. for they must have gotten a colored person in the room. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, it looked similar, too, in terms of style of card, like the graph, not graphics, but yeah, the, the aesthetic of it, yeah. design, yeah. Um, and then finally, we talked about this very briefly um, when we visited uh, another podcast um, in Atlanta, the Shaw Family Issues, but Crank Lucas does the <laughs> um, evolution of rap, and that's really fun. We've been watching that. So that is something I've, I've been watching that I introduced you guys to, is Crank Lucas. Uh, I don't know how I found him, but he's... I don't know if he's a joke rap. He's not a parody rapper. I think he's a like a hip hop producer, but he just he does parody stuff sometimes. Or, um, what term would you use for it? Because like the history of rap, he's not parodying it. He's just copying the styles and showing the styles from from decade to decade yeah. to decade. I think it's like a comedy history or a comedy description because he does it in a funny way. Yeah. Um, which is why it's. It's good, I, but it's not necessarily a parody. Because I'll dress like them. The beat will change a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the content, the subjects. Yeah, and every time he gets to the two thousand, every time he gets to the, to the uh, not the two thousand, but the two thousand tens, it gets real funny because he start because it'll be like mumble. It'll be everything that you recognize now. Um, but like the previous decades were so much clearer. Mm-hmm. I thought there was one where it was just like telling a story and I was like, oh, this is interesting because it's not as in your face changes, but it is different the way that they explain, like the way they use all the story in rap now versus in the eighties. So, yeah. but and it's then, a particular, it always seems like a particular jump after the two thousands to the 2010s. Like it seems like it was a real jump between those two. See, and I don't see it that way. I definitely see it as a progression and it's just a, and here's where we are now, which is why it's particularly funny because it's current and happening. It's like, this is the world I'm in. And now I just thought about how I got here. So, and then the future of mumble rap was really good. Yeah. Teething. Sam, have you seen this YouTuber before? No. You should oh, check it out. It's damn. pretty funny. Crank can we, Lucas. Can we take a break? No, we can do it later. He, Tim is capable of uh, looking it up it. and trying it. Yeah, I want to watch it with him, though. Yeah, so those are the things I've been up to. What I have not been up to is Stranger Things Season 3. I finished it. Yeah, I'm not hearing great feedback on I it. I enjoyed it. Yeah? Eight okay. episodes, right to the point. Oh, eight? And what are they doing, ten eight. or something before? Yeah, like ten. So maybe they're starting to get that, at yeah. least. Okay. You get right to it. It's fun. We cool. should watch that this weekend. 
yeah, it's coming. I, it, it's, I feel like it's just around the corner for us. We're between that and we still haven't seen Spider-Man Homecoming. No. Far from home. Far from home. Do you think they're going to try to put home in most of these? <sighs> Maybe. Maybe that's something they're doing. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's Homecoming and then there's Far From Home. So what would it be? Like hanging out at home? Homework. Homework. <laughs> like, I don't I don't know. Far from home, I, maybe they'll exp- Oh, you know what? Never mind. I was about to say like it, he doesn't he, he's like in Paris or something. I guess that's far from home, but he's been to space. But now I'm realizing it might have a multiple meaning. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. it does. Considering the villain. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So we haven't seen that yet still. Now we're recording early, so hopefully by the time this episode is released we will have seen it that's what we're working on is that's our next in the theater movie yeah i think you'll both really appreciate it yeah i really want to watch it it's a fun one so so that's that's what i can offer kenan do you have anything else you can offer you just you i mean you offered a lot of those things that i just mentioned you were part of well mad men i started season six of mad men which Mm -hmm. i dropped a couple years back i guess i don't know why maybe i just got bored um, so I started watching that again. It's kind of interesting. Um, I think I I appreciate it more considering how much I like John Hamm all of a sudden. <laughs> like some of the stuff that he's done more recently. Um, particularly, oh, we did not quite, or we didn't talk about that we finally finished um, Good Omens, which he's That's in. That's right, he is in that. We watched the last um, episode of that, and that was funny. It was fun the way it ended. Clever. Um, I liked it. Yeah, would watch again i recommend it you recommend it yes yeah definitely and then so yeah mad men we also um so season two of agritsuko is out oh we watched that whole thing yeah we we? did (laughs) we watched the whole thing i guess we watched a lot of random stuff while we were in georgia Mm -hmm. and i forgot yes that's actually probably one of the major things that we did watch uh Mm -hmm. agritsuko is uh the Little, uh, what, she's probably like 25 now. <laughs> Your old red panda who hates her office job. Yep, Sanrio character. Sanrio. She doesn't hate her office job. She's just trying to survive in it, and there are some stressors. You're right. At the first season, it was more like she hated her office job. That's, I feel like that was what the, the, the premise or the hook of the show is, okay. where she does her, her, her death metal karaoke. This, get... yeah. But this one was seemed a lot more about her life yeah. than... It's not really a spoiler, but she doesn't spend a bunch of time doing the karaoke. It was just way more on character development. Yeah. And again, I was surprised at like different characters getting more fleshed out than you would think because they were because they seem like oh they're just uh, stock characters like like the 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 character who's basically the uh, the office busybody who people get irritated with, but who gets actually fleshed out for like a couple of and of and then all of a sudden like oh I like this I like mm-hmm. this individual um it, to me it's just surprising for whatever reason that this show keeps doing that yeah when it's just like these cartoon animals who you think everything is just kind of real basic and then all of a sudden it actually makes you think they're about building something. on it yeah well and they're also um yeah the first season was very like, it was establishing right and her and her workspace and now it's more her and like her personal life is very mm-hmm. a, a big component of the second season and then yes and and then also there's a lot happening at work so i i think i think i liked it just as much as i liked this first season i did too so i'm excited but for i think it was more fu- to come it was funny that we were like we wanted to show it to one of the uh, younger people in our like one of the kids yeah just because it's they, a cartoon doesn't mean that they are gonna think exactly it's funny. so they immediately made the she was like oh wait 
if you haven't had like an office job or if you haven't had like a workplace experience, a lot of this is just going to go past you. Mm-hmm. And so this is an interesting idea to me that Sanrio, at least to some degree, is growing up with its audience because like all the Hilly Kitty stuff and all of that, like that was middle school. I mean, it hasn't stopped, but I just remember middle school and high school, the girls having all of that stuff. And now, you know, they're in their 30s with kids and they've had careers and all this other stuff. And while this character is a little bit younger than that, she's in just the right. I, I think it's still. Yeah, the idea that, that they're creating products that have grown up with the with some of the old older members, I guess you would call them, of, of their audience. Mm hmm. I think so. I mean, because like Sanrio characters are really big for me in definitely middle school. And so, but those characters, like the newer characters, obviously Hello Kitty's always there. But then you've got like Pachaco and Kero Kero Kurobi and um, Peckle, right? Like mm-hmm. you've got those guys, but like um, Ratsuko. Batsumaru. Yeah. Um, Ratsuko is a little bit even further past that. So Ratsuko and the Red Panda, like that is one that I didn't, did not, so, was not with. So like if you I, take Was Kit, she not created for this show? I think she's created for the show itself. Oh, I thought you said that she was a character, like one of the Sanrio characters. Like she's been one of them. I don't know. I thought she was created for this show. Oh, well, that's less cool. I thought. I thought that was actually. No, cool. I thought it was like she was one of those, like you took Pachaco and made it a show with Pachaco in the, in world. So. That's what I thought. And so I thought it was like kids who Plus, knew her and like now she's got a show and then they're watching it at that age. Because we keep calling her Retsuko, but... They say Retsuko. Th- yeah, it's like Retsuko. Retsuko, yeah. I mean, they. it's... um Yeah. It <laughs> depends on how... No, she was created in 2016 if, I, if I'm reading this correctly. Oh, well, that's... Yeah. Okay. You think that's more cool. I think that's less cool. But in any case, that's the that's the truth. Um, and then I guess I could also add in terms of that, I have also been watching Hallmark Channel. <laughs> so Kendon's aunties love to watch the Hallmark Channel and they got me. So last time, this is right up your alley. Yeah, last time I visited them, uh, when Kendon was in, uh, Florida for that time, they, I watched this, uh, one called Black Coffee and mm-hmm. it was very good. And then the one that, like, there's a stu- cupcake movie. So one of the ones that stood out for me, there were two. One was like a bakery and she was trying to get a grant and the guy, the black guy, like runs the program and wanted to make sure it was like for the right purposes and stuff and they fall in love. So there's that one. And then there's that another was the one. cupcake movie. Oh, cupcakes is what you took from that? Yeah. Okay. And then... um and then there's another one where it's like a matchmaker and she's got to make a match for a prince. And then clearly she realizes that she's the match for the prince. And so anyway, those are ones that I watched with them. And then when we were leaving, I went and found my own, which was Boy Bye. And I'm only partway through it. But I like I was like, you know what? These these are like not exactly feel good, but they are very surface level entertainment that I think I'm going to continue to partake in. Her aunt or his aunties said congratulations when they found out that I'm now watching it. <laughs> Did it not feel kind of like uh, these were like a bunch of movies that you've kind of already seen before? Absolutely. That were like re-pieced together? Yep. It's a whole bunch of themes that you've already seen. But like the, the Matchmaker fun- one for, for oh, absolutely. Rem- reminded me of like a mix of Matchmaker ones, but then also like the Princess Wedding Diary sort of stuff or... Yeah. Yep. No, absolutely. The thing is, is that they are, yeah, they're redoing all of these same storylines, but they're doing it with really pretty people. And so that's and like everybody's thing. rich and successful and like, what or not, depending on the, the theme. Is there was a summer or two where USA was all about bright 
blue color. You remember that? Yep. It was what were the name of the Royal Pains? Royal Pains and Burn Sh- Notice. <laughs> Shalia was watching a lot of those, and it was like a lot of like it was it was like really like glossy like makes you want to be outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can I have those commercials kind of burnt into my head the way people would move very slowly into their pose and smile at the end of each one of these uh, commercials. Yeah, with the, <laughs> the USA logo. What is it? Characters welcome. Uh, that's TBS. Okay. Is that two characters wanted? TNT. TNT. TNT? Yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, this was USA, and I remember it being a positive. Yeah, it was. Actually, it was just while watching all these. Although, since this is the summer, you you also just go outside. But it was oppressively hot now. Well, at some point, you come home. Like in the evenings, you. I mean, yeah. Even if I'm spending time outside, I still spend time at home too. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, that's all I've got. Tim, what are you up to? That's it. Nothing. Nothing. Stranger Things. Enjoyed it. It's eight episodes. I'd recommend watching it. It's pretty funny. It's good. It's weird watching these kids grow up. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's a it's a fun one. One of my any, favorite seasons. Any movies? Nothing. Nothing. I haven't already talked about Far From Home. Saw that. It's kind of slowing down. We have a couple more summer movies left. Hobbs and Shaw. Obviously, I'm gonna Me? miss once upon once upon a time in Hollywood because I'll be doing my program, so I'm gonna miss that. What is screen. that? The new, the new Tarantino movie. I'm excited for that uh, one. How many N words is he gonna get in? Uh, probably a few. Um, it's and it's and but yeah. it chapter two is coming up in September, so that's the thing I'm ready for. I don't have. I mean, I don't actually know what that is. It too is that like is it supposed to be scary? Have you seen it? Yeah, but this one is like the kids growing up. Like it's a different cast, right? A little bit. Yeah, the original. Well, some the original movie was. A bunch of flashbacks. Right. The original miniseries. But this, the first movie was just them as kids. And so this next movie is going to be them as adults. What do you think about the Mulan trailers we're seeing? It looks good. Don't Kenan, know enough. It's a teaser trailer. Do you trailer. think I so? I only saw part of it and the, and the volume was off. But oh, I th- oh. I'm sure it'll be fine. It looks like, a, oh, oh, wait. It looked like, <laughs> um, like it had some Crouching Tiger sort yeah. of influences to it. So maybe if they got the right director. Because... That story, actually, now that I think about it, out of all of these Disney stories, seems like one that is could really be done in a way that I would appreciate. Because mm-hmm. you've got the princess or the girl, whatever you, you know, the female character who who's not happy with like her rigid station in life, but is actually like active in an interesting way, which is what um, Crouching Tiger had um, with Zhi Zhang's character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they won't make the uh, the Huns look like zombies hopefully no jason scott lee is playing um the leader what is this sean you no i don't remember the name i think it is the the i think it's the like big bad boy um, boy con yeah but that's not what they was, call him i think they call him sean you i was relatively older when that movie came out but i remember really being inter- interested in it because like it just like the mountain scene mm-hmm. with the with the uh, what do you call it the avalanche and just there's so visually like I think it might be in the top three now I think so we've got Moana, Aladdin and this or M- Mulan as mm-hmm. far as ones that I actually really appreciate in one way or another yeah and yeah so I mean if. You got Jet Li as the emperor. Donnie you got, I forget the I, name of her director, dad. Really? I want to find out who... What, Ang Lee is who directed uh, Crouching Tiger now that I think about it. But I would have heard if they got Ang Lee for this, no, right? Nikki Caro. What else has that person made? She's done The Zookeeper. 
Um, she had 15 credits to her name. The zookeeper, McFarlane USA, uh, North Country. That's it. You would know. Okay. Maybe it's maybe it's the choreographers or somebody else who's going to make this exciting for it me. It looks good. I mean, the the costuming looks great. I mean, also it's just it's Mulan, right? So like the the trailer most recent one I saw was like when she's going to go meet the matchmaker, and you got her mom who's amazing, and then like we'll I always her dad. Ma- I always what, forget. We'll make a girl out of you or something. Um, so how does yet. the song go that you like? So which one? When she's meeting the matchmaker is one song, and then we'll make a man out of you is a different song. I don't when know she joins the army. I don't know going to have the one. Again. You'll do honor to your house. You'll yeah. You'll bring honor to us all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I like every song. I don't know if it's going to have any music in it. And oh, that's a if that it doesn't have music, then it's not. Yeah, so, it's missing something with. And this, music. yeah, this is what I was going to say. Is I mean, they are singing it. They are that trailer does have that song going on, so there is that. Okay. That song is at least in the background or in the trailers. Who knows if it's in the actual film? But then it might be in the score. I don't know if it's going to be people singing. And that's okay with me, as long as the songs are being played while I'm seeing it. I don't care if they're singing it. She, like if it's in the background, that's they, fine. Do they do a live action Sleeping Beauty? No. I mean, yeah. Live no, action? not Maleficent and all of that. Okay. <laughs> I was like, no, yeah, I mean, like straight up, that. they had. Disney sleeping straight up Sleeping Beauty, right? They, so they've done. They haven't done Snow White yet, have they? No. Again, yeah. They're yes. bouncing around in weird and weird. No, not the Huntsman and all that. Actually, <laughs> okay. yeah. I'm I saying like mean, Disney is doing like this, this you know, one for one more or less thing where they've yeah. done the Cinderella, which is the Cinderella like uh, that they made. Beauty they and the did Beast. The Beauty and the Beast. They've done Aladdin. What? But there was. They was, did Jungle Book. They did Jungle Book. Um, and now Shalia, Shalia thinks that I have something against the Lion King. I don't particularly have something against the Lion King, but now I've seen Aladdin and I enjoyed it and I'm excited for the Little Mermaid and I'm actually excited for Mulan. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a hater. Mm-hmm. Shalia's never going to believe I'm not a hater. I, I just, I know that you have a thing against the Lion King. It's been very clear because I'm on, I am privy to a lot of the conversations that you have about it. So I've, I've made this observation. Um, well, so, okay. So I am liking the trailer. The thing that is bothering me, and this might tie into what you're saying, Tim, about they may not have music, is that I don't see Mushu. It's a trailer. I wouldn't read too much into what you see. Yeah, but see. also if I check out the cast, they have Cricket. They have the Lucky Cricket, but I yeah, don't see Mushu. They, they would have, I, I, so maybe they're waiting to reveal I, it. But I'm like, Mushu's my favorite thing about that movie, and I'll be very sad. If- I, I try not to put too much stock in teaser trailers for mm-hmm. films. Yeah. Well, no, but she's not saying the teaser trailer. I'm if just you saying go like, on IMDb and they don't have a section for Mushu, that yeah. is weird. If not, you're if trying they to have disguise a what you're doing with Mushu. Exactly. So maybe I'll be happily excited, but there were it's working, right? Because he's not on there, which I'm like, uh-oh, because Mushu's my favorite. You think maybe it's a female? Who a knows? Female it, that would be fine. I just, I think Mushu's hilarious, and so I want Mushu on there. And then the other thing that made me kind of like, hmm, is that if you go on to IMDb, they do have a witch, and the witch is the main villain. So the Huns are not necessarily, I mean, so you got Jason Scott Lee leading the Huns, but that like his, his, it just says his character is, you know, the leader of the Huns or whatever. But the witch is like the villain of the movie. I'm like, why do we have a witch in this? What, that's new. That makes some sense to me. And I wanted to talk to you about it earlier. Okay. Why? Because there's a lot of cultures where basically their ability to go to war was based off of. Relig- like a really often it was a, a wit or 
I mean, it was a magic woman or whatever. We would call it a witch if it's yeah, your like enemy. a three hundred. Three hundred is an example, but there, yeah, yeah, three hundred. But mm-hmm. there's several of them, so I could see that there may be having that sort of role where she is the one who is basically saying, "Hey, it's okay for you guys to do this," or "You're blessed by our gods," or whatever. So, yeah. Do you think that she's a witch for the Huns or a witch for the Chinese? A witch for, for the China? Chinese, definitely. I mean. It's it's that thing. One one group's witch is another one's sorceress. You know what I mean? I mean, people in either who, case, even they within her own that. culture, people would probably be a little like, mm, but probably because she could curse you. Yeah, I mean, like like Robin Hood, right? Prince of Thieves. Like you've got the witch. You've got like this is something that can be in there. But I need to watch that movie again because you referenced it. So <laughs> I watched it a lot often. as a kid. But like, yeah, that's just new. That's not in Mulan. They don't have that kind of mystical yeah. stuff yeah. going on in terms of that. I think it could be a cool addition. Maybe. I don't know. Well, we'll see. And then the other thing that they've changed, which I'm kind of excited about because you know how I feel about the sibling bond, but they've added a sibling. So that's exciting, too, I think. Wait, like Mulan like has a, a brother, sister. sister? I think so. Huh. I think I've seen a sister in it. So that's exciting, too. It's one of the things I'll, you, you know. sure it wasn't Mushu in disguise? Maybe it is. Have no idea. Not sure about anything. Just saying what my, like, my initial thoughts are based on what I'm seeing. But it also ties back into, we, we talked recent, or earlier about how we are watching Euphoria. And that is a thing that I really appreciate. It's hard to watch. But the um, relationship between the sisters and how that's, that dynamic. Because, man, that's tough. I want to watch Crouching Tiger with you again. Okay. I'm down. I like watching movies with you, especially if you cook dinner first. Oh, boy. I cooked last night. Yes, that's true. Oh, you didn't try some of our fish tacos. I did not. And friends, this is what I'm pitching as the wager for these two for Endgame versus Lion King profits for the summer is one of them is cooking for the rest of us. (laughs) So one of these episodes soon, we will be having freshly eaten. I don't know yet. So you're you're you rejecting my proposal. No, we got time. You've been saying that for two months. Yeah. We, we still have time. Fried chicken. Here's what I'm proposing: chicken. you cook. You don't fry chicken. No, no, you can you can choose what you cook. You just have to cook. That's the that's the wager. I feel I still think he's scared. You have to cook with a hat saying "I lost." I think he's scared of me. Not at all. He thinks he knows. You're I'm talking shit, and you don't realize that the other person is not playing with you. Like, there's not a game here. <laughs> no. Welcome to my life. People have been talking shit about video games to me, like, while I'm beating them and I have nothing to say to them. Okay. So you don't mind. You don't no. mind this. You can talk shit and you're just like, I don't care that Tim doesn't no. care what I'm saying about. Do I ever not... talk to you like, like this in any other context? No. No. It's just a game. This is a game. But, Are you having fun playing that game by yourself? Games. That's it's, my point. That's what friends do. <laughs> you want a partner. You want <laughs> you someone to want play a with partner, you. Don't you? <laughs> it can be fun, <laughs> but <laughs> all right. I'm just teasing. Okay, um, Popeye. So this one is. Oh, wait, actually, anything else? Yes. What? What? Well, so the lead into this, as far as things we've been watching, we were watching with my dad a bunch of stuff on YouTube whenever he got control of the TV at my aunt's house. That was pretty funny. <laughs> so he was playing... He'd either, either be playing lectures, college lectures, or grad-level lectures where we all fall asleep and, and the whole room clears out. <laughs> I'm like, well, so I'm here to visit our Georgia family and they are all not here, so I'm going to go to the back room and watch yeah. in, um, investigative discovery. But... <laughs> 
But the more fun thing was a bunch of stuff about comedians. Yes. Right? And we were watching stuff about, um, let's see, a lot of stuff about George Carlin. And then there was um, Richard Pryor, um, Dave Chappelle. We were bouncing around. And there was Robin a, Williams came up a couple of times. Yeah, there was apparently a show, I think maybe early 90s, John Stewart would like sit and interview comedians. John Stewart with fully dark hair. Super young John Stewart. Very dark hair. Um, one of those like 90s big leather jackets yeah yeah it was <laughs> yeah. it was like oh yeah he was a young guy at one time before mm-hmm. the bush administration yeah um so anyways at one point they mentioned that uh in one of these shows we were watching they were like um robbins williams like first role was popeye that in was the his first role in the 1980 uh movie and i just popped in my head 1980 okay well and I, I suggested that we watch it, and so we watched it, and um, yeah, that happened. So if it wasn't that next week is Kendon's birthday episode, Kendon would not be allowed to pick a movie for a while. Really? Yep. You lost your privileges on so this did one. You, uh, I hated it. You hated the movie all I, the way through? I was struggling. I was like, I don't want to watch this anymore. Tim? This is difficult. It was different than I remember. Oh, you've seen, seen it you've before. Seen it before. Yeah. So it starts off as a Disney ride, or as a, like a theme park. Where we get into the movie? Yeah. yeah, do you want to talk oh, about you, the movie? You Are you ready? Wait, quickly. hold on. What am I? I'm Papa, the sailor. And I am what I am, what I am. Robin Williams. <laughs> Shelley Duvall. You're pulling me high! In Popeye. Okay, Popeye, the sailor man. Okay, Popeye, it is, as you noted, it's 1980. Starts Robin Williams as Popeye. Shelley Duvall is olive oil. And it's the second time we've done a Duvall movie. Mm-hmm. And the second time we've done a Robin Williams movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that being um, The Shining. And Dead Poet Society. Dead Poet yeah. Society. Uh, Ray Walston as Pappy. Who's great. Yeah. Uh, Paul Dooley as Wimpy. And Paul L. Smith as Bluto. Yeah. So. And Donald Moffat plays Taxman. This is a Disney production. And he's in one of my favorite movies. Obviously, he's in The Thing. And Buena Vista, right, which is a part of Disney, yeah. 1980, filmed in Malta, which makes sense because when we were looking at it that very first scene, I was like, are they in Greece with, like, European buildings? <laughs> and, yeah, so that's, yeah, but it's still it was filmed in Malta. It's still supposed it, to be an yeah, American It takes location. place in Sweet Haven. Yeah. Um, And so leading into this, so Popeye's been around forever, right? Like, Popeye started in 1919. The Popeye character was introduced to the comic strip that um, that he was part of in 1929. Nope. That's wrong. They've you? had a new uh, Popeye ever since December 19, 2000, or 1919. So, yes, you would think 2020 or you would think 1920 because it was it was in December of the year before. But yeah, no, the first one was the in December 1919. The fictional character appeared in the King Features comic strip Thimble Theater in January 17th, 1929. I was just reading an article about how this is the 90th anniversary of the, of the character. All right, I'm going to fact check you. But in the meantime, um, somebody give us the plot of this of this movie, what we've got. So, so actually leading into basic- this, we've got the cartoon. Sorry, leading into this, we've got the comic strip. Mm-hmm. We have some cartoons. Yep. And then we have, this is the first live action, I think, right? Um, as far as I'm aware, yeah. Okay. Then take it away. So the movie's, the plot of the movie is basically that um, he shows up in Sweet Haven 
Um, he is a sailor. Um, and he is looking for his long-lost father. He f- he finds a boarding house, a place to, to stay um, with the oils, um, including olive oil and her brother castor oil. And there's ma and our mama and papa oil. Um, mm-hmm. some, there's just kind of a, the, the plot kind of meanders for a while of, of him just experiencing different things. Um, at one point he is box, he boxes against, um, what is that guy's name? He's in a boxing match against a really, like a really big, tough boxer. Um, he also at some point finds a baby. Um, that well, he I guess it, Sweet Pea. He names Sweet Pea. Because he found the child in Sweet Haven. Um, and this is all precipitated because olive oil is supposed to be um, marrying. She is in, engaged to Bluto, who in the comics is like his uh, his nemesis or whatever. He's not a villain per se, I don't think, but more like a, a rival. A, a rival. Um, it makes me think of Archie and Jughead. Um and so anyways, but she doesn't want to marry him. So she's trying to, to sneak away. And during that attempt to sneak away, uh, the baskets are, uh, a, the basket she's carrying is swapped with another one. That one has the baby. So anyways, now they have a baby. Um, and in the long run, sweet um, pea, right? Sweet pea is the, is the baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, sweet pea, come on and dance with me. Come on, come on, come on and dance with me. <laughs> hey, sweet pea. You don't know that song? No. I love that song. Okay. Um, Sweet Pea shows, I guess, some sort of ability to predict the future. So they use uh, Hamburglar to, um, yeah, Hamburglar. His <laughs> no name is Wimpy, but he's obsessed with with hamburgers. Um, to make some money at uh, the racetrack, which is not really a real horses, which I was thought was funny. Um, and then Bluto wants to make money off of it, uh, off the baby, and kidnaps the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, for his boss, which is somebody they keep calling the Commandant. Commandant, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't his know. His title, yeah. And it turns out and that that turns out to be um, Popeye's father. And then uh, Popeye's father gets betrayed by Bluto. And okay. um, there's a ridiculous fight scene in action sequence with a octopus and <laughs> water. that's the thing i remembered about the film the yeah, yeah that's all the, i remember was too. The octopus fight oh you'd seen it before too i'd seen it before and i always got it confused with uh puff the magic dragon for yeah. some reason but mm-hmm. the octopus fight is the reason for it I don't that know. octopus the, it was weird because they just kept focusing in on its eye and i was like the water's moving and the eye isn't moving yeah. um but yeah so that's the outline of the plot but it seems almost like a sketch movie or something where there's not as much a plot as they're looking to have a few different, like, scenes. scenes. Yeah, you just want to have some stuff with the characters. Oh, yeah. That you know. Yeah, because there's also one where there's a fight in the club mm-hmm. or in the bar or whatever. Um, where so, he's, so, yeah, it's just stringing together these these events. And the one thing I would say is it reminds me, it reminded me a lot of Lemony Snicket in certain ways. Um, maybe because it had such like an artificial, like purposely artificial look to it. Oh yeah, uh huh. Yeah, and the octopus in particular is reminding me of, and the octopus in particular is reminding me of some of the underwater sections from from Lemony Snicket. And the kind of the humor underscoring it all because yeah, it's like it, yeah. it's it does it with a straight face, but it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's like silly and goofy and 
lighthearted. Yeah. And I didn't know, it's a full on musical, which oh, I did yes, not remember. I did not expect that. And it's, I was. Is it two and a half hours? No, it's not that long. It was two hours. It was two hours, yeah. A little over two hours. We took a break in the middle. So going back quickly, so um, my confusion was that Thimble Theater started December 19, 1919. So mm-hmm. you, Kendon, were absolutely correct. Well, that's interesting. It went, for, it went for 10 years before they added Popeye. But Popeye was such a popular character that they basically renamed this, the um, the series after him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Popeye the Sailor Man. So there's so a lot of characters in this. Oh, go ahead. Go, go for it. I was going to say, what is everybody's relationship to like the Popeye character universe or whatever? Cartoons. Yeah, so we all kind of grew up with this cartoon, right? It's weird because these cartoons are like from the 50s and mm-hmm. 60s, 40s maybe even. I don't know. Did they not have one running in the early 90s and 80s? Because I remember have, but they're Popeye... they're not the ones that I grew up with. Okay, the ones that I grew up with were in color. Yeah. They yeah. were smooth. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was probably current when I was watching them. And like he would like open the can of spinach and it would just like go in his mouth and then he would get big. His arms would get big. It was Popeye's son in 1987. So I think I think I saw the later one that was my introduction. And then have never been very um, uh, familiar or exposed to actual comic strips like in the funny pages or whatever. So, but I think Kenan and you have at least Tim. Yeah. You too. Through, through 1978 and 83, there was Popeye. It was all new Popeye hour. That might have been the one that I'm. So 70, 79 to 83. And 76 and 88 was Popeye and Friends. The quest for Pappy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the term Pappy just cracks me up. Um, yeah, that's what I was exposed to that, and that you know comic strips, but like very few. Like I, yeah. one of the, you know, my parents were really heavy on reading, and one of the things that would that I would do was read the comic strips okay. on Sundays. It's an interesting thing is that it Pop must have been there. like because of like probably the creation of cable and a whole lot of other stuff. There seemed like there was a narrow band of cartoons during our early childhood, and then there was a bunch of ones that were made in the eighties. You clearly, think so? Like, well, yeah. Why was why was was I seeing on regular like? Hanna-Barbera cartoons, Looney Tunes, and stuff. They may have created more contemporary versions eventually, but I know the ones I was watching was stuff from the 60s. Oh, you were watching reruns? Yeah. Yeah. This Popeye was something that would have been something my kids, yeah. my, my, uh, my dad was watching. Um, Jetsons, Flintstones. There was a bunch of stuff. Yeah, and they then, sort of repackaged them to sell them to piece them to other kids because now they're attaching toys to it, which they weren't doing in the 1950s. Right. And that was when they would recreate. Yeah. But I'm saying say even were, earlier, yeah. like the stuff that I was watching was straight up the sort of stuff my, my parents would have been watching. And I think one of the reasons would be like Cartoon Network, for instance, needed content faster than it created its own content. Yeah. So I think that I remember seeing just a bunch of old stuff on Cartoon Network for a long time. Maybe that's what you it just was had more started. channels. It was just like a place you can go and watch old cartoons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what it was for. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It may be that you just had more channels. No. Because, like, I don't remember that being the case, but I didn't have Cartoon Network. But I think no, the point point when it had like, less channels. Yeah, the content was like, how do we, they were, they were curating, like, just old cartoons. Like, it was just, like, the way, they, and they would do it the way MTV used to show videos. Just, yeah. It was mm-hmm. just like, oh, now we're watching this cartoon. I'm like, and this is, I was like, like, this like is Nick old. at Night. Like, like, That's it's what I'm like, thinking. It must be like Nickelodeon was probably but... one of the other places where, I, where it would happen. Yeah. Maybe during the middle of the day, because if you're home for the middle of the day or something, like their programming, I bet, was such that 
they know that kids are going to be seeing maybe in the morning before school or in the afternoon. That's where their prime stuff is. But just in the middle of the day, they will put like reruns. Yeah, uh, yeah, and this is probably cheap also to get. Yeah. Yeah. Now that I think about it, so that's how that's how I was familiar with Popeye. And, the and also, you know, these parent companies own these stations, so what mm-hmm. are you paying for? You just, you know, if it's Warner Brothers, like, well, what is, you know? Yeah, it's just, it's the backlog. Nintendo, it makes me think of Nintendo. Nintendo, you can still pay probably more than $10 for a version of Super Mario Brothers, which came out in like 1985 yeah. or something, because it costs them nothing but the bits to send it over the wire to you at this point. That's my history with Popeye. But it was not something I'm particularly nostalgic for, and I feel like that impacted my ability to enjoy this movie. I agree. It was an iconic character, though. Even though it was, I think what I was watching was current, it was still an old character to me. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't that interested in it ever. Very old-timey. I mean, it's not the sort of, like, it's not what sailors, like, to me, are. It makes me think of like old World War. I mean, I guess so. I mean, a little after World War One, mm-hmm. like just an old, older time. Like, oh, I've got an anchor on my arm, and I've got his, this sort of hat. His and this, arms like, looked ridiculous. By in the this, way. It, they did. They really did. I appreciated the callback later. Just like, oh, that's his dad. You don't yeah. need to do a. You don't need to do a paternity test. He's got the same arms. Yeah, these ridiculous um, arms. And like so he looked cartoon. I liked it. You know, the fact that like he looked cartoonish. That's a cartoon. And they did their best to make Robin Williams look like that, who didn't have a lot of lines. Well, he had. A sh- I felt like he had a ton of lines. They were just all mumbled. Yeah, that's yeah. true. He was talking a lot. A and lot if he could, like, what is it? I'm not mad enough to be his mother. He says some really good lines. If you like, once you could hear them, I had to be like a lot of audible lines. You have to. You guys are gonna have to stop conversating so much because I don't have subtitles right now. And I and like he's just. Um, but I did find it interesting because I was not enjoying this movie almost at all. Like I started to appreciate some of it at some point, but mostly it was not. It was. It, it doesn't like keep homework. your attention. It's basically like homework. Yeah. But I, I, I like to read Roger Ebert's stuff, and he had, he gave it a three out of five, and he really liked it. And I was like, that's when the nostalgia thing started to pop into my head. And some of the things he was talking about is how it looks like they walked out of the comic strip. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like it's it's not a live action movie, so it's the the comparison is not exactly the same. But the way that I that I think all of us felt about um, Enter the Spider Verse, mm-hmm. where it was like, oh, I've read these comics, and they're really putting the comic on the screen. Yeah. You know, or even when the MCU came out, and they were really re- kind of respecting. I felt like that in Far From Home. Yeah. 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 So so they're really respecting, the, and you're like, oh, I'm seeing what I grew up with going onto the screen. That's kind of the impression I got. And so, yeah, they look like the comic book characters. Shalia was like, this is, Shelley Duvall was perfect casting for Olive Oil. Yeah. And all of this other stuff. Um, and so, I appreciated, and then practical effects and practical, like, action, people rolling around. Like, the guy with the hat at the very beginning, who can't catch his hat, but clearly oh is kicking God. it himself. You know, like. It was, it was a, yeah. Shalia was not. Shalia I'm 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 grinning at this movie more that I'm now that I'm done with it than I was during the time. She was exhausted by this film. She yeah. she was not. I did not on have board. the patience for it. Is it was it the musical aspect of it? No, like that very first scene of the guy kicking his hat and walking. I was like, okay, so this is dumb. 
Yeah, that's reminds, what we're entering into. It reminds me of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Except for that's fun. No, but, but you don't yeah, have some right. guy kicking the hat and being stupid. Yeah, you do have people doing some really stupid. Like, 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 like the who's chasing somebody around and then they're being chased around with a hairpin or something. No, no, it's a sh- rolling pin. Butcher knife. A butcher knife. It's, think it's a domestic it. abuse one. I yeah. think they've changed it to a rolling pin. And yeah, she's chasing him instead of him chasing her. I think so. I, like whatever. That. But it's it's just that that goofy thing that looks like it's on on crank what is that? on gears, like mm-hmm. on repeat on gears. Like the guy on the on the uh, ladder. Woo! I'm swinging this way. I'm swinging that way. It was an interesting style, and we noticed yeah. that at one point um, when they show like they, I think it was trying to get a panorama of the town. Mm-hmm. And make it look like it was this wide thing that the, it was circular, like it, it had a, uh, and it was rotating, and the camera was looking at it like this, and like it was, I don't know if you could tell that when you were watching it back then, but we could tell it when we we're watching today. But it also kind of makes sense because it's an island, so it wouldn't necessarily all be f- facing the same direction. E- yes. Oh, and what we didn't mention earlier is yes, this was filmed in Malta, but that is still there. That whole set is still. Yeah, you can still go visit it. Yeah, they put wow. it there, which would be pretty fun because it's very Disneyland. Oh, it's like, very remind, yeah, it's like me of a couple of those worlds. Um. Okay, so did you guys hear about so those forearms? First of all, actually, let me start with disappointments. I was very disappointed with the lack of the spinach making his arms getting huge. I think this was an origin story. Yeah, he doesn't get to the spinach till very very late in the film. My, I'm wondering if this is referencing like when he was a newer character because it's he turns actually, down the spinach at the beginning. Yes, he does. Yeah, he wants carrot. In he fact, it used to be something else that used to make him strong I was, when I was reading. So he wasn't always spinach. Mm-hmm. That was was his he didn't superpower. It out the can, it went up and went in his mouth. Yeah, it yeah. was something yeah. else. Yeah. Well, kale, good, I didn't like that now. it was missing. <laughs> Eat your kale. Ah. <laughs> I, who really, really likes kale? I do. I do, if it's done right. Yeah. Like a kale salad? Yeah. Oh, man. There's so many better options. There's this great Caesar kale salad. Evergreens? Yeah. I had I one of those. I haven't tried evergreens. I heard it's a little expensive. Okay, well, I'll take you guys' word for it. <laughs> Kenyon bought a kale salad the other day, and he was not satisfied. I'll take you to a place. Uh, yeah, and I ate it right. I ate it on the plane, mm-hmm. and I was still hungry. Yes. I'll take you somewhere to get you a good kale salad. <laughs> All right, let's try it. So, um, yeah, so that was a disappointment for me. But yeah. I like the musical number with Bluto at the beginning. That he's large. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What did you like about it? Was it was just funny that the that the other women kept talking shit behind him. He's like, no, yeah. I want yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, it was. Like, it but was he's funny. mine, and they're like, yeah. "Yeah, you can have him." It was funny. It was kind of funny. I hated it though. I couldn't stand her. Was that I what, was like that his her. voice? The singing was it him? I don't think it was. Remember, I, I yeah, said, I didn't I think, think it's it a was. Singer. I, so I'm, as I'm watching when it gets well, to the little part where you think, I was like, "That's not him." They also didn't focus in on his face very much yeah, during it, so I, I think, think they were trying him. to try to. Yeah, I don't think it was him. So one thing I had a question about, uh, they kept going on, like, Bluto was kind of like a city enforcer, right? And, like, there's the tax guy coming around and, like, taxes for asking questions and taxes for everything. Um, they And then when they get rid of the taxes, everyone's like, yeah, no taxes, woohoo! And I'm just like, 
what do they spend those taxes on? Because yeah. they don't show. The town looks terrible. Yeah. Well, and they don't, but they don't show like some rich, you know, Prince John <laughs> going back to Robin Hood, like hoarding all the money. Like they, but yeah, I'm just like, wait, but taxes are good for all of us. And so why are you uh, like happy nah. about no more taxes? Nah. This isn't like the income tax or whatever. He was just coming around. I I felt like he maybe was robbing people. Like a mobster went around collecting taxes. Yeah, because yeah, he worked for the commandant. And the commandant Commander? sounded like he might have been a mobster. He sounded like, yeah, like he was kind of like a mob boss. Okay. So, all right. Because that was one question I had was like, what? where are those taxes going? And yeah, are the people there saying Yeah, I got the sense that he was us. sort of collecting it outside of the government. Oh. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there was a government outside of the commandant. Yeah, I thought that that was the government. Because, like, Bluto's like, go to bed. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, he wants to go to sleep, so then everybody has to go to sleep. Like, there maybe was in a, maybe there was, like, an American government or something like that, but it seemed like, for all intents and purposes, Bluto was calling the shots on the behalf of the commandant. Yeah. Okay. So, that was an interesting aspect of it. Also, I didn't like... I mean, it's 1980, so okay. In terms of, like, sex and gender issues, I think it was Bluto who was just like, I'll break her nose before I let her break yeah, the engagement. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Yep, there's a lot of that in this film. But even in the cartoon, like, it's a very abusive relationship. Is between it? Bluto and Olive Oil, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Which, and, you know, much like Splash, like, it's stuff that, that definitely the people that fly back then that they wouldn't let fly now. I hope so. Here we go on the spinach topic. It says, originally Popeye got, quote unquote, luck from rubbing the head of a wiffle hen. By 1932, he was instead getting, quote unquote, strength from eating spinach. Mm-hmm. So okay. they kind of evolved his character a long time, a long time. Mm-hmm. And it says, after the 1970s, Popeye is seldom s- depicted as using his pike, pipe to actually smoke tobacco. Yeah, he's just carrying around. Well, yeah, but he, he says he, he uses it for things as such as a cutting torch, a jet engine, a propeller, a periscope, a musical instrument, I've seen a propeller. and a whistle. <laughs> such spinning. Yeah. yeah. Oh, speaking of spinning, when he punches the, um, do we get what the boxer's name was? Because he had a, he had an interesting name. Um, but you know how he spins, he he like cranks his hand up mm-hmm. and then spins it and like and punches him. I thought that was fun. <laughs> very, yeah. Very what cartoonish. what age audience is this for? I mean, this is a PG movie, but there's, but it was like a late seventies, early eighties PG movie where they had. Would he say shit or something? Or? I don't know, but when he first hears Olive Oil's name, he's just like, "Oh, some lubricant." Yeah, but these are j- jokes that I think would go past. Like, oh, when they go into the house of ill repute, and he was like, uh, oh, "You might get a venerable disease in here." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was some really there's good lines. A lot of stuff in there. I liked one of my favorite lines was like, they're like, olive oil, sweet pea. What are you doing? Making a salad? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like, is it Shrek that. the one they, they refer to? But, but like the movies, the animated movies where they were like, it's got stuff for adults in it too. Yeah. I think it's kind of like that, that where like a kid is not going to hear venerable disease and think about sex. Oh, the box name was Oxblood Oxheart. There we go. Yeah. Oxblood Oxheart. I like that. Yeah. And his mom, who was cheating. Yeah. From? Do you recognize her? No. Did you? She's from Kindergarten Cop. 
She's the principal. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. She's also uh, yeah, and when like after so something else we after yeah, Arnold punches um, that dad who's abusive, she's like, and she's yeah. like, "You can't do that." And then when he leaves, she like yeah, like yeah. punches, like practice punching herself. I was yeah. like, "Yeah, she's really funny." I, like I, that I just, I just, watched and that, that dad was, uh, t- was it something o'clock high, three o'clock high. Three yeah, but that's high. a different dad. No, oh. he plays. He plays the. The bully. Yeah. He, so the bully in Three O'clock High is also the the dad of the, of the main kid, oh. the main villain but in Kindergarten Cop. But the dad that Arnold punches is the other dad. Oh. The one whose kid. Remember the kid has bu- bruises all on his back. And he's all oh, quiet. Oh, because yeah, the the mother had one. Okay. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Different yeah. different parent that he he punched. I want to watch that movie again soon too. Yeah, it's on the list. I don't. Yeah. Th- I think it's like no, ninety it ninety one. It's no. on our in our when we make it to our nineties years at the very. To so the nineties years. Okay, so I have a question for you guys, which is, how would the story have been different if? Like, okay, so Olive Oil is sneaking out on her engagement party. It looks like she's running away. Then they end up, and she runs into Popeye, and then they end up with a baby. Mm-hmm. And that somehow makes it so that she decides to stay in Sweet Haven and she decides to go home. And so she shows up with Popeye and a baby. Pause. I did really like how Ludo was literally seeing red. That was really mm-hmm. cool, that scene. Um, okay. But, and he literally turns yellow later. Yep. <laughs> but he, um, so they show up and ha- it is how it looks. But like, we know that that's not the biological kid. But like, how does this change? How does the story change if it was her, bi- like their biological kid? So they hooked up, she got pregnant, had a baby. Like in terms of co-parenting, the parents accepting it, all of that stuff. I have no idea because she was never pregnant. Like there would be a whole bunch of like events happening ahead of time that we would, would yeah, be interested in. She goes away for nine see. months and then shows up, has a baby. That does happen. I'm not quite sure how to answer your question. Okay, I was just thinking yeah. about it. Like, yeah, is it know. different if he, if this is actually their bio kid? Bio kid. Bio kid. Okay. Um, what else do you guys want to talk about for Popeye? You know, it's paced weirdly. It, it is. is. It's paced weirdly, weirdly paced film. All I can really keep coming back to dry. is, is how much of an amusement park it seems like they live in. Yeah, it also. But I think that's them trying to like adapt the the cartoon to the screen. Yeah, they make it very very silly and very. It's a very amusement park Philly. They really focus in on the shoes a lot. That's a because feat. the shoes, like I guess the way that they were drawn in the in the cartoon is kind of iconic. Shalio's pointing it out like, like during the the Bluto song with the with the other girls mm-hmm. and she's like they keep showing just because it looks like what it did in the comic book like you're pointing it out too much and it's not that impressive or something like that. Yeah, it's you like say? okay, I got it. That was funny the first time I saw it, but you don't have to keep showing it over and over and over again because I got it. You you gave her big shoes. <laughs> move on so this is the first musical i think i have ever experienced where when i realized they're about to go into a song i had a physical reaction of like, <laughs> oh. i was like fuck i gotta sit through this yeah. who knows how long this one's gonna be and i know they're like musicals are not for everyone but i usually really like musicals this movie man I did not like yeah. that it, it, it's I not didn't for everyone get, dig the music itself yeah the music itself isn't good either like they were just they were just kind of ditties maybe is the term yeah. 
they I guess like if you're gonna do a musical because some have won me over if you're gonna do a musical you gotta go like big with it like it's really gotta like have impact and the none of these songs I can't remember as, aside from what we were talking I can't even remember the one about Bluto. I can't remember any of the words or the, or the melody he's or anything. large. And he's yeah, he large. large. Yeah. That's all I remember. Yeah. Yeah. These, right. these songs had like no impact. It was, it fell very flat for me. I was just like this, I can see how they thought this would be fun, but it doesn't feel fun. It just is like, uh, okay. Speaking of fun, it looks like it was probably a lot of fun to make. Yeah, except that, okay, so they're, so I forget her name, but the person who they had originally thought of for Olive Oil was talked out of doing it because apparently two of the people, like showrunners, I don't know what their roles are, but were known for basically being kind of crazy. And um, so they were like, I don't think you should be secluded on that island with them for that long. Altman? Was an Altman? So I thought that was weird. And then somebody else was fired like midway through because Howard the Duck came out partway through and it was so bad that they were like, yep, you're gone. Wow. I, that's all. Like, that's on the Wikipedia page, but I forget the names. So oh, one of the f- interesting production things that I saw there also probably on the Wikipedia page was like the forearms. So how Popeye mm-hmm. and his dad both have those big forearms. Apparently the version that they had originally didn't look very good. And so they had to order new ones. And so they have a lot of scenes that they filmed where they were just avoiding showing his forearms. So they were just like, they were, yeah, they were filming to avoid showing them until the new arms came in. Movie magic. <laughs> Movie magic. I also like it. Like, let's be productive. We can record while we wait for these to arrive. And in the meantime, we'll just And by <laughs> make arrive, it work. we do not mean two-day shipping from yeah, Amazon. This is pre-Amazon. <laughs> <to> <laughs> um, All right. You guys ready to start into... Influences, sure. Okay, what 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 do you think influences from this from uh, this movie? I mean, obviously, uh, Robert Williams' career. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of that's kind of it. I he just loved really... his eyes. Hmm? I loved his eyes. He had such beautiful eyes. You know what I really liked? His eyelashes. Was it, with his character is he would do these like, like when he would start to walk, he would do the little. He his legs would flip around, mm-hmm. like. It was a very cartoony sort of thing. He didn't just start to walk. He would, like, hop up and... Yeah. Like, he really... Yeah, he did a good job embodying the character, except for... It wasn't even his fault. They needed to find a way, like, in the sound mixing or something to make his voice clearer, even if he's going to be a mutterer or a person who's muttering. Because mm-hmm. I, I went ahead and, and looked up on YouTube, like, just one of the like, cartoons from probably around the time I was watching it. And it wasn't so subdued. Right, you knew what you he can, was saying. Yeah, and I think that was something that was missing from here. Um, yeah, but yeah, his career taking—I could see he showed he showed all of the right talent in this movie. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I loved him. Yeah, and I, and you know what? In, you know what? I feel like I just saw this hook. <laughs> I feel like I could—that was Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of the. Uh, what do you, where are they? Forever? Never Neverland? Is that the name of the place they are on, mm-hmm. right? I feel like Never Neverland has some connection to this, particularly the piratey area that they're in. Mm-hmm. It's all very set looking and and um, where the uh, Lost Boys live in that. Sure, that. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. Rufi, oh, Rufi, yeah. oh. As far as like being in a place, it looks like you maybe could never leave. 
<laughs> it didn't seem like there was, at least for this Popeye one, didn't seem like there was an outside world. I mean, he came into town from an outside world. Yes, but it didn't seem like anything else from the outside world was influencing this little island. Right. Well, I mean, that's part of it, right? That That's why the islanders were so mean to him, because yeah. he was like an outsider. But he was a little dreamlike or something in certain ways. Yeah. It was so kind of anyways. funny because they have like rooms for rent and they're like, oh, this guy, we're closing like well, rooms for was rent. Just... I was like, how are you ever going to get money if you don't want No, I outsiders? think if it was a lawyer or somebody, he it would he be was different. a sailor. It was on top. Yeah, sailors had a reputation. That's fair. So a sailor from out of town that nobody knows showing up. Fair. Um, and then yeah. bringing a baby to this family. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so influences is basically anything that Robin Williams has then influenced, which is the us, right? Like Mrs. Delphire. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. um I think we talked we talked about Aladdin, the live action that just came out, um, and how like Will Smith's or whoever made this decision, or if it was collaborative, great, but not trying to be the Robin Williams genie was the smartest thing that they could have done. Like yeah. do not try to duplicate it. Because it's not you can't Robin you can't Williams, do that. I don't. I didn't think about it because he was always just there and so great. But he was real like national treasure sort of. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He is something I I think was he Canadian. I should check always that real quick. <laughs> always appreciated him because he will be in like serious movies and then also just like really funny movies. But I really liked him as a person. Not that I ever met him, but yeah. Okay, other influences. That's really it. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I, obviously, the cartoons that came later, is, I mean, probably... I don't know how successful this film was. It was... It made money, I think I saw. <laughs> Why didn't it make money? Um, okay, well, I can tell you, speaking of that... You know what? That mm-hmm. voice you did, you just did, you do that voice, like, before this movie. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Shalil will go around like... So, that's... Yep. That's where I'm headed into the influences. I have no Did you no get that from this? No. Oh. But... So there's the woman from Men in Black, right? Edgar's wife. Oh, Edgar. that's what it he is. Yeah, some water, some sugar water. It was like it made forty nine million. I mean, sugar, sugar water. Off so there's. It didn't say how much it cost. Yeah, so like, there's. I imagine it couldn't cost that much. <laughs> I don't think it did. did. This seems like an expensive movie for the time. There's a lot that went into this movie. Um, Let's look it up. Hold on. Give me a second. Mm-hmm. Sorry, honey, go ahead. No, let's finish the topic of how much it made, and then I'll go into back to the influences. All right, so $20 million. It, it cost $20 million to make? It made 50 yeah. So that's bare. That's probably, I mean, advertising wasn't maybe as as much as it is now, so they million. turned, a, yeah. they turned a profit. $60 million. It's pretty good. So, okay, so influences, going back to that, of the mumbling. So you got that woman, right? Mm-hmm. Um and then you also got the mumbler from Office Space. It's like, just my stapler. Like, yeah, right? Yeah. I do think that, like, there's some of that. And, like, because. But I think it's, it's the, very it's Edgar's spot on. wife that I hear when you yeah. do it. Yeah. Your face is falling off your. <laughs> yeah, Edgar, your face is falling off your bones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so funny. It was Edgar. Edgar. Um, so I liked that, or I liked it, but also I think that's an influence. And then another influence, I don't know if it's an influence, but I saw similarities in, so that very first morning, everyone's singing about food. <laughs> Do you remember that? 
mm-hmm. like something something food and something something food and good morning food. And I was thinking about the Beauty and the Beast bonjour 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 bonjour. And then like here goes the baker with this tray like always, right? So I caught that, and I think that was an interesting, uh, similar type of opening to a town. And I'm wondering if they pulled from this movie because it's also Disney pulled that idea. Um, but just had a much better song for it. And then, I yeah, know that was basically it. I also had Hamburglar. I don't know if Hamburglar dates back past this character. He's like, but, is that what, does he talk? Does the Hamburglar talk? I don't know. But it's he doesn't look like him. I was like, Hamburglar doesn't look like him. But, I mean, he's like obsessed with hamburgers. And yeah, he wants to pay you, gladly pay you on Tuesday for... <laughs> oh, that was it. Today. Wait, I don't know if... How much was like Was it five cents? How much was the burgers? They weren't, I don't know. They weren't that expensive. But they I weren't that bad. Um, I don't know what we're going to end up being using for um, episode quotes. But like the one that I thought might work was like, I'm buying, but he's paying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to buy you a burger. <laughs> I'm, I'm a particular fan of I'm not man enough to be his mother. Yeah, I think that's probably it. Oh, the thing I liked about Olive Oil's dad was he just kept being, you owe me an apology. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try to remember that. You owe me an apology. Actually, actually, maybe that's the one that you should because you said I can't pick movies anymore. Yeah, you owe Kenan, you, you owe, owe me an apology. apology. <laughs> 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 That's a good one. I like yeah, it. Wikipedia says that it is, what does it say? Somewhat incorrectly reported as a flop. Because if it tripled its budget, that's. They were just yeah. expecting, they were expecting be a, a blockbuster. Right, exactly. It, it might have been a tentpole film that just yeah. didn't perform well. Can you imagine, like, if it had of. Like we we'd have a, yeah multiple sequels a whole Popeye cinematic universe yeah mm-hmm. for sure we would I mean think about what's happening mm-hmm. at the time we definitely would have had that more of it yeah and it's 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 right right because it would be a nostalgia play in 1980 it would be kind of a nostalgia play for people growing up in the 60s or 50s I mean, we're coming out of the 70s where it's like a bunch of weird films and these real artsy bizarre kind of films into like these franchises like they were really studios were really banking on franchises but this one is yes sits in the middle i can definitely it definitely feels like it sits in the middle the the uh the tone of the world coming like i said having that surreal feeling of a little otherworldly but then also it looking just like a disney park or uh amusement park uh exhibit or whatever so one of the things i thought was interesting and i have no idea if it's special for now or if it's been this way and i just am not as familiar but like i have in terms of influences live action right like taking a cartoon that you know so well like you're saying in nostalgia so people in the 60s knowing this cartoon and now they've brought it to live action and like that was a thing and i mean they've done this so many times with other stuff too but like we were just talking about mulan and little mermaid and aladdin and how disney's doing that right now i think they've been doing it all along but But for us it's just more relevant though like which ones which cartoons do you think they had done before this yeah i'm not sure Live actionized. Actionized. Yeah, no, I, that's what I was wondering is if, if there's, and I didn't like do any research. Stones came out later. Yeah, that was 90s, I think. They never did do the Jetsons that I know of, Jetsons. but that would have been fun. Yeah. But yeah, I think this, this is, I can't think of off the top of my head any example of them doing this with a cartoon. So. So well known. I mean, like, there's Dennis the Menace, but again, I think 
that I know the one that was when we were kids. Yeah. So this early 1980, I wasn't sure if there's more. I think you might have hit on something there. Hey, cool. Okay. What is your favorite thing about this movie? I got to say, I really appreciated how much effort, all of the practicalness of it. Hmm. Because I do, I appreciate craftspeople. Everybody who went into like envisioning this world, which probably looks, now we're not as familiar with the comic or whatever, or the comic strip or the cartoons, but I bet you it looks very, very close to what the comic strip was like. That opening scene was probably a bunch of side characters that mm-hmm. did the way that like we watch a Marvel movie and we're like, oh, that's so like, and so. Oh, do you, that's so and so. That's a reference to this. It's probably has some aspects of that, but I really feel like they really. They really realized that the, that that world um, in clever ways, mm-hmm. and I really I appreciated that. It was um, probably fun for people watching too. Yeah, and that's why I go back to to, to the Ebert um, review, where it's like clearly this was something he grew up with with a positive feeling, and that's why it comes across in his review that you've put something that I recognize onto the screen, like you've brought it off of the page and into the screen. Mm-hmm. And he thought they did a good enough job of it that he liked it. It was a positive review, right? Yeah, three and a half out of five, out of four. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty good. Anything else that's your favorite stuff? You liked it? I mean, the production also just looked like it was fun to make. Yeah. Probably, I, I, I didn't actually like the movie that much. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Friends weren't watching it with you, so they don't necessarily know that. So you should say it. But yeah, yeah, I almost feel like it goes without saying. Tim, did you have a favorite thing about the movie? Just the Bluto stuff was really Bluto. Ridiculous. Yeah. And the end fight was so dumb and over oh, the top yeah. and felt like something they did because Jaws was popular. And Real quick. That was it. Did you think of anything odd about that octopus and olive oil? No. There is a, um, this is not safe for work, but there is a genre of Japanese pornography called tentacle porn. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's ever watched uh, Archer, they make a lot of references to that sort of thing. Anyways, when it started, when the, it started like creeping up and trying to grab, grab her. Anyways, look up the. It's something like the the dream of the fisherman's wife. It's a very or famous don't. Japanese art. No, it's like a Japanese. You're not going to get porn art. if you do that. No, not that specifically. Okay. <laughs> but if you look up tentacle porn, you will. But I just thought that was like I immediately it reminded me of Archer. And the dream of the fisherman's wife is a is art. It is art. It's a it's erotic art from like the eighteen hundreds or something. Okay, so it predates Popeye. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Mm. <laughs> um. Okay, so I think I think my favorite thing about this was Popeye's mumbling, just because he would just come out. It irritated me a lot because I was just like, oh my god, move on. But at the same time, there were some funny things that he said, and that's what I laughed at. That's the only things I laughed at. I hated everything else about this. <laughs> okay. um, if you were going to describe this movie in one word, what would it be? Unnecessary. Hmm. Tim? Long. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was boring. So there we go. That's our that's our review. Uh, you guys ready to rate it? Unnecessary, long, and boring. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) You owe me an apology. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't think so because I actually really appreciated seeing the early um, Robin Williams. Yeah. Fair. Somebody saw him and was like, he's got talent and he went and he did this and he played the character and I think it was great. All right. So are you guys ready to rate it? Not the movie. Him. Yeah. Are you guys ready to rate it? Yeah. Popeye 1980 live action version starring Robin Williams and Shelley Duvall. Is it a classic or are we past it? I'm entirely past it. Tim? Mm, past it. I'm also past it. I would say you could you could, you could could argue for classic, except for I think Robin Williams was going to be a star, like, regardless. I don't think this film made him. I think he was, like, keeps doing the stand-up scene. I think he was going to make it anyway. Oh, yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so. I'm not and it's probably something like, in, unless he got Good Morning Vietnam based off of this, I feel like it's something like Good Morning Vietnam that. Would I, yeah. We should do that movie. So. We totally have to do that movie. I love that movie. Um, okay, so another thing that I forgot to mention is somebody mentioned to me recently this like sketch from SNL from like late seventies to early eighties of Mr. Bill, the Mr. Bill show. I remember that. And it was funny because she re- she <laughs> she referenced it, and I was like, okay, I'll take a look. And then I looked for Mr. Bill and Sluggo, and I was like, this feels racist. So I was like, I don't know what this is, but I kept looking, and um, it is really funny because he's like basically really bad luck and everything bad goes wrong and he just goes he oh getting, no like, killed or smashed or yeah something? he's like oh no oh, oh no so it, it it ended up funny but i had to like search for it because the only things i saw was sluggo sluggo is black and like showing up and eating his dog what the fuck yeah that was like the first i, I remember like, oh, no mr it's mr bill mr bill i remember mr bill and it somehow is conflated with bill clinton Oh. So I feel like they maybe used either. I mean, they, they, clearly it was above my. I guess it was probably above my head at the time. I don't know, but maybe he was running for president in a sketch or something. Oh. But I, I got I got those two like conflated. So well, I've also been. It was hard to do research on this one, surprisingly, because like I'm like, oh yes, yeah, SNL skit, so I should be able to find it. But Mr. Bill has like a web page and has had more iterations since the SNL skit. Yeah. And so I could, I didn't know. And it was not obvious when I was looking for it, like which videos were from they had him in commercials different ones. For, for like, a while. He's all kind of all over the place. Yeah. In like the early nineties, he was, he was in commercials. I want to say. So it makes sense if like there's another one making fun of Bill Clinton during the elections or making, yeah. Oh, yeah, Mr. Bill. But yeah, so Mr. Bill is a new kind of character that I enjoy. It's a little. Oh, you liked it? No, no, you want to Oh no! Yeah, I I ended up. I, Is he in Celebrity Deathmatch? Oh, I'm sure he, probably he would have had to have been because okay. he's claymation, right? Yeah. Okay. They should bring that back. <laughs> or they did. They okay. did. Yeah. Okay. So, anything else you guys want to talk about for this week's episode? That's it. For You're me? good. I have an announcement to make. What's your oh, announcement? Sure. My birthday episode. <laughs> uh, that's what we were going to get to. Yes. Kendon, Kendon's birthday is coming so up. So coming up will Happy be birthday, babe. Scarface, right? Is after your birthday. But what's your birthday movie? It is not a tumor. <gasps> we're going to do Kindergarten Cop? It came out in 1990. That's what I thought. We can do it. Let's do it. Yay. Thank you, baby. I'm so excited. <laughs> and you know what we should do in preparation? We what? should take an overnight trip. Uh, you and I to Astoria, Ooh. Oregon. Uh, Tim, have you ever been to Astoria? Plenty of times. Do you like it? No. Why do you go? Just family stuff. Family it's would free. just want to go Wait, there. Wait, you don't like it for? I just never have fun. 
Kenan like was like, yeah, let's go to Astoria. And I was like, why? Um, <laughs> but he says it's pretty. So, right. sure. It it's yeah, gorgeous. You can see stuff from the Goonies there, too. Goonies Actually, was shot there. Actually. Yeah, that's right. We talked about that, I think. You're going to be in Portland the weekend that this before this is released. Oh, yeah. So, maybe we'll make a trip to Astoria as part of that. I think yeah, I'm you're right there. You might as well. Yeah. It's an hour away from there. Is it? It's that close? Yeah, Perfect. Yeah, it's not that far. I'm excited I, I for Portland. I was in Vancouver. Yeah, I, I figured it was when you were down there. It is not a Tuma. Yeah. Yes. Oh, this is exciting. Okay. And, and guess what? <sighs> there is a kindergarten cop too. Yes, there is. From nineteen or from two thousand and sixteen, mm-hmm. starring who? Mm-hmm. Just guess. The Rock. No, no. It's and I was like, I would have known about it. More ridiculous than that. John Cena. Kevin Hart. Bill Bellamy. <laughs> In oh. 2016. Bill Bellamy. And Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> um, I so, might check that so out. So our next two films are Kindergarten Cop and Scarface. Yep. Yes. I'm glad. I'm excited for these two. Woohoo! It does not... What did he say? Give it back! What? <laughs> you, wait, no, stop it. It's not, he's like, have you been eating other kids' lunches? Stop! <laughs> stop it! And the kid just starts spitting it out. Oh! <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm so excited for this. Thank you, babe. This is a birthday uh, present right. to all of us. Sounds good. So next week, Kendon's birthday party with Kindergarten Cop. When, babe, where will we be? We'll be back. 